Hello and welcome to the 30 and 10 podcast. Uh, we are here to talk about the deuce once again. Uh, I'm Thomas in LA and I'm joined today by my partner. I'm Jim in New Orleans. Good to Jim, have you back. Jim, what's going What's going on, Jim? Hey, man, who that? I'm on a four-game win streak. I cannot complain about a damn thing right now. I'll tell you what, the the Saints are getting it done, and I'll tell you who's not getting it done, us as podcasters. We we, we again failed to get the podcast out last week due to some technical difficulties, and that's twice now. Yeah, the mea culpa is is all on my end this time. I am not great at this. I'm striving to get better, but, you know, one day at a time, right? One day, it's all. I guarantee. Be, so. I guarantee you will have this one and next week too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're setting we're setting lofty goals for ourselves. So here we are, though, talking about episode seven, our reservoir, our reservoir. That's that was fantastic. I, I had to check myself when I read Before that. Before you wrecked yourself. Yeah, really. That's a, that's a nice throwback reference right there. Okay. But I did. I had to check myself because that's not how that's spelled. <laughs> how is it? Sp- I, I did not know that. I actually didn't look it up. Yeah, no, that's not how that's spelled. I mean, I'm no, I don't speak French, bro. But that's that's a that's a place that holds water, not goodbye. So, you know, it it, it is what it is on that end. Karate Kid and all, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's Haddock's. Haddock's exactly doesn't come off as the most cultured of individuals. No, he does not. No, he does not. So. So uh, where where do we even start with this episode? Uh, so I think where do you this, want to start? I think this episode is focused on a character we haven't seen much from, Ashley. At least we, it, we do. It, we, it wraps on her, right? Yeah, we we definitely she comes to the forefront after being. Although she has certainly been a presence. I mean, even from the beginning, with uh, you know Cece cutting her. In the in the stairwell, or you know, her doing the the photo shoots and and everything, and, and and really, I mean, she has you know kind of been portrayed up till this point as uh, the kind of old toy that Cece has lost interest in with his new young uh, Lori girl uh, coming around, and so she has been continually, continually getting kind of the short end of the stick and more and more abused by Cece, and this week she finally had enough. She did. She decided to walk out. Uh, she was told to punch in and decided to say, just fuck that and Sorry, go straight to the bar, man. Straight to the yeah. bar. You can't blame her, dude. It's a rough life out there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. And then she goes to the bar and she meets up with Frankie, which uh, it's not, I guess I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it coming either. But from her end, that's not a good look. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. Uh, it was uh, he was somebody that paid her attention and didn't seem to judge her for who she was or what she did. True. Um, and they go off on on a bit of an odd adventure that day. Yeah, they head off to and I have the specific name in my notes here somewhere, right? Boys in the Sand. Is that Boys what it in was? the Sand? Yeah, yeah. Which was a uh, like a big deal, a big big film back then on the uh, kind of in in the uh, you know the gay. Uh, film scene uh, you know it is a real film it was a real thing and and uh, I, I believe that Paul's uh, friend uh, is a fictionalized person who, who was in that movie but yeah they, they they don't they don't tell him what they're going to see and uh, that was kind of a funny funny thing for for Frankie to sit in there and uh, absorb uh, that film yeah Paul and Abby laughed about it because they knew what he was getting himself into he had no idea 
Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Ashley didn't give a damn either. It was no, a regular, she thought it was funny, too. Yeah, it was a regular day for her. It was interesting to see his visceral and immediate reaction. I'm surprised he stuck around for as long as he did, honestly. You know what? Guys will put themselves through a lot of uncomfortable situations if the prospect of getting laid afterwards is is is, is present. True words have never been spoken. My you friend. know, I mean, that's just it's it. That's a universal, you know, truth. That's what that we do. If if you have to sit through a weird art house, you know, gay porn, and you're going to get laid afterwards, let's go. You know what? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can. I can do this. Uh, yeah. That's uh, even in the seventies. Even with Frankie, uh, apparently that that is a truth that that's that held up then. Well, since we're talking about the movies, right? Let's um, let's discuss Paul and his porn star buddy. He yeah. Is, I, I mean, he is fictional, right? But, I think so. I mean, I don't think he was based on an actual actor from the from the movie they never really get into it this movie has been running for a hundred days it was some sort of party to celebrate Mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a it's a big deal and later on in in our in our episode we we see the two of them having sex and once they finish they start talking about the scene and they made mention of a movie i don't know if you've ever seen but they talked about deep throat like the I have not. I have not seen that. No. Yeah, the original Deep Throat porn, like, it, and it was a hundred thousand dollar budget for a, a fuck video, which blew both of their minds. Right. Uh, I'm wondering, is that supposed to? I I guess here's my question, right? Are we supposed to be fully invested in the the porn scene now and getting away from the street? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, because we're still, I mean, I think that we're moving off the street as far as where the girls go, but I, I still think that the mob involvement in the, the massage parlors and, and everything that is just as much the forefront of the story as, as making movies. I, I don't really think that making movies uh, is the, 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 what we're, it's still on the outside of what's going on. I think that's something we're probably going to see really hit its stride in season two, because up till this point, you know, they haven't even, you know, we're just laying the groundwork for, for where, where that's going to go. And with, with the, the, the little booths and, and, and the mob really coming in, like, you know, and the money actually starting to come in, uh, that hasn't really happened yet. We've just kind of set it up, at least the way I see it. Okay. Yeah, I, we're definitely doing some setup there. We've got not only the booths being discussed in this, uh, in this episode, but we've, we've also got Candy acting as a set director. I'm sorry. She is Eileen is acting as a set director, as art yeah art director uh, on this one. She's you know coming in and, and she's she's definitely um, starting to come into her own a little more in that environment and 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 get into the the process more. Again, they they very very much oversimplify things uh, in a way, but uh, uh, in those scenes because I guess because they're so short and and doing what they're doing, but. Uh, uh, she seems to have a, a, a knack for it, and, and, and uh, next week I think we saw in the preview that you know she gets to finally you know direct her first movie because Harvey can't make it to set one day, and, and, and that's kind of I think how we'll end that season uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but she she is definitely uh, absorbing the process a lot more and, and, and starting to kind of understand how the you know how the soup gets made, so to speak. How the, how the potato soup gets made, right? 
in any case, she does act as an art director, but then she goes into actual directing of Lori, who, to start off, was not into the scene at all. She was kind of a dead fish out there, mind wandering, eyes following along with her mind. Uh, and we see Eileen direct Lori and her partner in the scene into a better sex. And I'll be honest with you, she might not know a damn thing about movies, but I guarantee you she knows her, her way around a bedroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she does it for a living. She, she should. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and we see, we see that it pays off immediately. Lori gets that look in her eyes as if she's actually enjoying herself for the first time. It, and I would assume that would translate into camera, onto camera. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's the point of that, that whole scene is, is, you know, is Eileen is finding a way to get her to kind of loosen up and open up so the camera can capture that performance that, that it needs to. And then you see at the end there, uh, when she goes to watch it in the, in the uh, Fat Mooney's place, um, how excited she is to see it. Very see much. How, yeah, you know, and so I think that uh, that will, I think, pay off in her future films as she, I think she gets more excited and more into it after, after kind of seeing the fruits of her labor. And then she goes so far as to point out to people that she's the girl in the, in the movie. She wants, why to not? Be, she wants to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And that's kind of the, what things that, that Larry had brought up to, uh, Darlene, uh, you know, last episode, you know, about the, you know, the long game with the movies. It's not just the money you make in the movies. She's going to be, a, you know, the more that she becomes a star, the more people, you know, recognize her and, and, and increases that kind of fantasy level of, of being with a porn star, uh, the more money she can make, you know, doing her other gigs with Cece. So uh, we kind of see that come to light, you know, something that one pimp talked about in the last episode. And then you can kind of see how that would actually work in, in practicality in this episode. And Cece has taken her completely out of the street game. She's not going into the massage parlor at all. Ashley's the only one being forced in, so CeCe's fully invested in the movie business where he wasn't before. Although she might that might change if CeCe's down to one girl now. He is absolutely down to one girl, but how much is this one girl making? Like what you know, know. who knows? Who knows? We we don't we we don't explore that math in this episode. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean it, it it is kind of odd that uh, it feels like our our main pimps all only have like one or two girls working for them. Uh, you know, like we don't really see a stable. Uh, you know, and you'd think that they should. Maybe they're all just off screen and we don't ever we don't ever see them. But you know, it's like you have Darlene with with uh, Larry and and you have you know Method Man has uh has thunder the, thighs. the thunder thighs and 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 the young girl who doesn't seem cut out for the game. Ginger, uh, Bernice, Ginger, Bernice, uh, you know, and, and uh, gentle Richie didn't really get much to do. And was he even in this episode. I don't, I don't think I don't think we saw gentle Richie at all. Oh, I certainly man. didn't see a joint behind anybody's ear, so he couldn't have been in there. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, it, they've I don't know if they, they just simplified that because it's just harder to keep up with too many characters. Um, but, yeah, you notice that they only have like one or two girls each. So. Yeah, the game's uh, the game's getting cut down. We even saw a new girl in the parlor this week. We did the the, the blonde girl. I don't know who she belongs to, but Chris uh, Bowers' character, uh, Bobby, 
has certainly taken a fancy to her, and I'm sure that that's going to spell nothing but trouble for him that's his, uh, moving forward. That's his new work wife. And he, yeah. he, he really did. He, he might as well put a ring on it. He won't let her sleep with anybody else. He's paying her for her company. He is, in a sense, become her John, even though he's supposed to be her pimp. Yeah, and, you know, he doesn't, Bobby doesn't seem cut out for, for running these, these things. I, I think that, that, that we could see, I, I don't know how it's going to end for him or how it's going to work out, but he doesn't really seem like he's cut for, for this game. I thought Frankie was going to play a more active role in the parlors, but I guess Frankie has found something else to do. Uh, obviously, Frankie has found something else to do. He now works for Rudy Pippolo. Yeah, yeah. He says, I, I don't mess up near as much as people make it seem like I do. And, uh, you know, Rudy, Rudy kind of cracks me off. He's like, I, I want to I believe you because I look at you and I see your brother. And it's the same face. I, well, I expect the same result. Genetics uh, are lying to him. But, um, but so far, he hasn't let Rudy down. He, he has actually upheld whatever, whatever tasks Rudy has set him on. Very true. It's it's been the you know the, the the tail situation, and now we see him walk into a manufacturing plant where it looks like they are going forward with the plans for the masturbatorium. Yes, trademark that. Trademark <laughs> masturbatorium. Trademark that. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's and that's where the the big money's going to start to come in with the movies. Uh, you know, and I think so. Obviously, we only have one episode left, so. At best, we can start to see those come up, at, you know, next episode. But really, I think, you know, the movie business is really going to take off next season because, you know, we're just out of time. But, you know, you, you've kind of seen the progression from, you know, the girls on the streets to the, the movies being uh, kind of this underground, you know, thing that nobody's talking about to now, the, you know, the girls moving inside and the movies starting to get made. And, and then, you know, just the... When the money is able to be made, the mob seems to swoop right in and take advantage of it. Absolutely. They're going after the dollar whichever way they can get it, man. Um, there was a point I wanted to make about the masturbatorium, but I, I've seemed to have forgotten it. Maybe we'll circle back to it later on. What else did you notice in this uh, in this episode that you really wanted to talk about? Well, I mean, we can talk more about Ashley or, or Dorothy as we find out her real name and kind of her, her start. We, we, we talked a little bit about... You know, she 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 didn't show up for work. Went to the bar, kind of went off on this adventure with Frankie. Uh, they go off to a hotel room that apparently has really nice sheets. Uh, where we also learn that Frankie doesn't actually have a home. He's no, just Frankie Frankie ca- couch surfs a wandering kind of guy, man. And yeah, um, not that I didn't expect that from his character, but to hear him say it and how frank he was, Frankie was frank about it. How Frankie yeah. was about it, like he doesn't—he doesn't even care, man. He's a complete free spirit, and Ashley says as much. It sounds like you're free, and yeah. I think that's what she wants, right? Yeah. Well, and so after their their adventure, uh, he kind of sets her up with Ashley, uh, not Ashley, Abby. With Abby, yeah, to uh, you know kind of stash her for a little bit, you know, and at that point, he kind of washes his hands of her, and, and now she becomes Abby's problem in a way. Uh, and Abby does puts her up. Abby looks to be living in a new apartment uh, with, a new last, with a new roommate and uh, it kind of puts her up there. She cleans the apartment. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Ashley cleans Abby's apartment. You guys are slobs. <laughs> she says you and your roommate, you and your roommate are both the slobs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can kind of see, though, that, you know, Ashley 
is done. Like yeah. she is not, she's done. She's and, not going back. And Abby at first is a little hesitant because she already tried this game once with uh, Darlene. Uh, Darlene and got burned. And uh, she even says as know. much. Yeah. So she learned, a, she learned a lesson there, right? Well, where, you know, before we, we thought she was a little bit naive to that side of life, she has processed that information, learned her lesson, and moved on. Yes, or, but she didn't really, because at the end, she does get right back in, involved in, and, and does, you know, give her the money. She, uh, she lets her borrow, uh, Ashley lets Abby borrow one of her dresses to go to this, this party, and again, it's more of this Abby character that just is pointless to me. You like what? Abby. What does she? Yeah. I just don't understand what what she's doing. Like, I get it. She's a privileged, spoiled little rich girl that kind of floats through life doing whatever she wants and and uses people for her own enjoyment. And so with this thing, she wants to kind of uh, make a statement. And she brings you know Vince to this party wearing this you know dress that she got from a hooker. Uh, just to kind of get a reaction from mom and dad. And, and dad's not surprised at all. You know, uh, you can see Vince is a little uncomfortable and he starts to say, oh, you know, I didn't know. And he's like, yep, you know, I, he gets it, you know. And uh, for the most part, treated Vince pretty well. It was just kind of uh, finds out that his daughter is working at a bar as a barmaid, writes her a check, which he immediately signs over to Ashley at the end. Uh, I just don't understand what her game is. Like it doesn't, or, or maybe it's not that I don't understand her game. Her game just doesn't interest me. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I can. I can kind of understand that. Of all the characters in the show, she's the one that's that sticks out like a sore thumb. I think she doesn't necessarily fit in that world, and she's immediately walking in and trying to change it because it doesn't fit her worldview. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's it, or maybe she just wants to see the world burn, and she just like does whatever. She has short attention span and wants to just mess with things because it gets her off. You know, yeah. I don't know. When she signed over that check to Ashley, she said specific. Oh, I'm sorry, Dorothy. Is that what it Dorothy. was? Dorothy. Yeah. yeah. When she when she signed over the check to Dorothy, she said specifically, "You've worked a lot harder than I ever have." You should sure. Take she this. says that. Yeah, like she's she's a communist. I just don't know if she means it though, or I don't. She might be a communist. I, I could buy that, but it, it's it's this idea. Like, I, is she signing the check over because she wants to help Ashley, or is it just because to give it? You know, because her dad gave it to her. I think it's a little bit of both. Honestly, she Probably. doesn't. She doesn't want the money, and at the same time, she wants to give Ashley some some kind of start somewhere else. Because sure. just like she was trying to do for Darlene, she wants to help. Right. She's a social. And she worker. does. Yeah, and and it was interesting. Uh, the end, very last scene of the episode. You know, she takes her to the train station, and you're kind of wondering, is she going to get out of there, or are they going to get on that escalator and all of a sudden, you know, get to the top and there's CC, yeah, you know, standing there, cane and all, ready to put a beat down on her. And I wonder what would have happened in that scenario uh, with a- with Abby there. You know, does Ashley just kind of put her head down, take her beating, and go? Does Abby make a scene? Um, you know, Cece can get away with, you know, slapping his hose around, so to speak, but he can't do the same. I know he can't get away with slapping somebody like Abby around because, you know, white girl in 1971, New York starts screaming that, a, you know, a black guy is beating on her and, a, and yeah. you know, the cops are going to come with a beating Absolutely. Pretty yeah. damn quick. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna come, they're gonna come faster than you can shake a stick at, right? Right. Uh, and, and, uh, 
so I don't know, you know, like, but it doesn't happen. Instead, Cece's not there, and it seems like Ashley has gotten away, and I, we might never see her again. I honestly don't think we will. I think she's gone. A little little tidbit about the actress. I didn't know until last week, but she's actually from New Orleans. So shout out. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, did, uh, I did read that somewhere. Yeah, she's, she's born and raised here, so it's nice to see some, some local blood in, in the game. Right. Yeah. So let's go back to Bobby. Bobby in the in the in the massage parlor. Yeah, we, we've got Bobby in a massage parlor. We've already said that he's kind of out of his depth. Right. He's placed in a couple of situations that that prove it. Uh, one of Reggie Love's girl whose girls whose name escapes me has OD'd. Uh, that is the Kim director's character, Shay, I believe. Shay, yeah, excuse me. Shay yeah. is Shay has OD'd in the massage parlor. Uh, between yep. Bobby and uh, Black Frankie, they get her. He's always uh, on top of it. Always, dude. Black Frankie, the MVP. Man, the guy just like, I, like he's another guy I want to see get more to do because he can clearly handle more to do. We've actually like, had smart a smart guy. Like, we've had a lot more of him than I anticipated, honestly. I like him. I like his character. I like he's just kind of savvy and, you know, like check the cooch. <laughs> right. And <laughs> that, it's a different exactly, scene, but, uh, exactly where the money was, though, right? Yeah. So yeah. after that, we do. We see Bobby again in over his head. Right. Um, because one of his customers gets robbed. Right. So by, let's, 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 ba- let's back up a second because I think this all kind of goes into, into there's kind of th- that story has two different kind of arcs. So. It does start out with Shay ODing, and they taking her to the hospital, and then that results in Reggie Love uh, going to Vince's bar and causing a scene, demanding compensation for what happened to his girl, and Vince basically saying, I got nothing to do with that place. It's not my problem. It's all Bobby. Yeah, um, it's, it's right. all Bobby for that. And we, all, we see uh, Reggie Love just the anger. The kind of the, you know just the, the 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 temper I guess that he has and he comes in and causes a scene, you know Vince goes outside they kind of argue a bit and eventually you know gets him to uh, calm down offers him to come in and have a drink and that's not the first time we've seen Reggie Love in there uh, in that bar kind of displaying a temper. No, it is not the the first time I think was with Abby. We mm-hmm. see him come back at this point and he's he's not a happy camper but he's lost. If he's only got two girls left, he's lost half his income. Right. So he he does that, and then uh, another one of his girls. So they they're, they were actually running it. Oh, so I guess the other one is one is Larry's girl, right? Yes. Uh, so so I can't remember um, what that girl's name is though. I I only I know Shay's name. I don't know the other two. There's a skinny one and the short one who are actually lovers occasionally. Um, right. One of them is Reggie Love's girl, and one is Larry's. Uh, I believe it's Larry's. Let me see if I can just look this up real quick. She is. Yeah, she's in one. Leon's uh, having a talk with Larry after the incident. Right. Well, uh, let's talk about the incident even. So, yeah, they've got this scam where they, they get together, uh, the, the two of them, and while one is distracted you know, from one girl, the other one reaches in their wallet and takes all her money, and uh, the guy flips out. They come busting in, and, it's again, it's Black Frankie who knows you know, 
where the money is. To check the cooch, as you said earlier. Yeah, Black Frankie's always on top of it. He does seem to be, again, well, he's he's the little moolie that's the brains of the operation as opposed to Big Mike, who <laughs> we also didn't see in this episode, did we? Yeah, we, we haven't we didn't see him. Um, Barbara. Barbara is the other girl. Okay, so we've got Barbara and... And I want to say Melissa, maybe? Okay, I think that's right. Yeah, Melissa would be Reggie Love's girl. Right. Barbara so, would be Larry's so, girl. So basically, they get banned from the uh, from the parlor. So now their ability to make income is limited because they go back out on the street. They're going right to jail, and they got nowhere else to go. So this has, again, now pissed off uh, um, Reggie Love quite a bit, and he puts a beat down on... Uh, Barbara. It is written all over her face, in fact. Uh, Leon goes so far as to pull her glasses down because this is the second time we've seen Reggie Love kind of go off on her in Leon's place. Right, right. There was a scene earlier where she was trying to get some food for Shay to bring it to her in the hospital, and uh, he comes busting on in, yelling, screaming, acting a fool. Talking about, Uh, "Let, let me worry about Shay. You get out there and get this money. Yeah, and then... Again, he, he gives her a beat down after they get banned from the parlor. So we're definitely seeing uh, an escalation of uh, Reggie Love's temper. And I, I tell you, that's a guy who uh, I really liked his character the first episode. I thought he was because I, I'm a fan of anybody who I think is pragmatic. I think that not enough people in the world are pragmatic, that, that everybody wants to either be an idealist or they get mad if they can't have everything the way that they want it to be when that's just not how the world works. And sometimes you have to accept that, you know, just because everything's not perfect doesn't mean it's all fucked up and understanding like, Hey, this is reality. This is how reality works. And he, he was kind of, I thought he displayed some of that in that opening scene with CC, just kind of his take on, on Nixon and the bomb and, and, and Vietnam and all this stuff. It was kind of a, a very like practical way of looking at things. And so I liked his character, but he has proven to be anything other than, reasonable and pragmatic uh in our viewing of him since then yeah in this episode we see him go off uh several times Uh, i'd like to say unnecessarily but i guess in his world it's all justified because he has lost his income stream he's getting disrespected by his girl uh he's he's losing on the street and as a pimp i guess that's something you just can't do yeah no um and I guess we might as well just get right into it now, uh, since we, we've made it this far. Uh, you know, they finally gave Anwan Glover something to do. Yeah, I knew uh, <laughs> I knew it had to be something big when you texted me at uh, ten o'clock, like immediately after the episode ended on regular broadcast. I, I get this yeah. text message like they finally gave they finally gave Slim Charles something to do. I was like, don't tell me, dude. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, and although I'm mixed about how they carried it out, uh, you know, there was a lot of like. It was really cool to kind of see. Uh, he just didn't hesitate. He was just like, just you know, he he comes. Uh, Reggie comes in, acting a fool again, screaming, starts to mouth off to uh, Barbara to stretch and uh, Leon and and I expected. I think I, it played a little bit weird to me. Actually, I, I would have, I guess, expected like the time that Larry was 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 being an ass and and. and uh, Leon just kind of says something to him, like very sternly, like not my, you know, and it just escalated 
right to shooting the dude, like, out of the nowhere. I mean, it was no, like, hey, you know, like, he didn't say anything or whatever. He just, like, kind of nonchalantly reaches under the counter, pulls out a gun, and, and boom, like, pop a cap in him, and that was it, you know. Uh, it did escalate very quickly. Uh, I looked at it as Slim just kind of being, Slim, Leon, just kind of being fed up with the whole scene in his place and the the women being disrespected and beaten and kind of like kind of like what Abby did to Reggie Love honestly except uh Slim Leon showed a lot stretch, more stretch they also call him stretch yeah showed showed a yeah. lot more tolerance throughout the show yeah. than Abby has yeah, I get it I get it but at the same time it it still feels a little weird to me because he, I mean, here he is like, I assume that he owns the diner. This is like a small business owner who has, has uh, worked probably very hard to get where he's at and kind of uh, maintain this establishment that he has. And this is not the first time that, and he deals with these people on a daily basis. Every day, and so all day. And so if this is a, like a thing of like just pent up, pent up frustration, uh, little by little by little, and that's finally the, the you know the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. I wish they would have shown more of that, uh, or shown more frustrated. Like, he he's certainly like a little bit frustrated and a little bit, but I don't feel like it was this thing where you could really see that the guy is ready to snap. You know, it just kind of, and and he certainly potentially, you know, has thrown a lot away to basically eradicate one pimp from the world. Uh, and I don't know that that was worth it, uh, the, the, as far as I go. The case could be made that should he fall to the repercussions that we expect, that it would not be worth it. But I guess my question is, and I had the question immediately after watching the episode, I have two, honestly. The first one is, who did he call? Did he call the yeah, police? The cops. Did, yeah. did he call the cops or did I he mean, call? I mean, he's not calling Harvey Keitel. He didn't know, call the wolf, wolf to, <laughs> to, you know, come. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if he did look, that would be completely awesome and badass if next thing you know, Harvey Keitel shows up to, like, all right, you know, and then they, 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 they clean up and get out of there. No, I mean, it's, he called the cops, and it was definitely a kind of a fanboy wire callback thing because it was, a, you know, it was a direct quote from, you know, that scene with Avon and, and, uh, Cuddy Webe in and the Webe. prison yard talking yeah. about well, it was Avon and Webe talking about Cuddy, you know, uh, talking about Cuddy dropped a guy, Pensy and Gold, you know, and that was the the, the line that uh, from from that, and and I I'm so almost almost certain he was calling the cops on that matter, but you know I don't know how I mean I, I can't see it playing out for him in any way other than him going to, to prison, and I, unless he can try to. I, I don't know. I just don't think they're going to get into this whole, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where it goes. I just don't think it ends well. We may have seen the last of Anwan Glover. I hope I not. Know. And I want to say I, I do kind of believe that he called the cops as much as I would like to see him calling the wolf. I do believe he called the cops, but I think that's almost a justifiable homicide type situation. Like this guy was in my establishment threatening me and my customer. Uh, I thought it was going to get ugly, so I pulled first yeah you know and, and he very well could i you know i don't know what the the legal climate was you know in 1971 new york for that for that type of thing i don't know is it a you know was i i just don't know i don't know what the the circumstances surrounding it uh because in and his standing in the community i mean like obviously 
as a small business owner uh, and, and somebody that's relatively well liked, does do the cop, uh, do cops come in there and get food too? Uh, Have we, we seen? I don't think we've ever seen one of the cops in that place. But because I'm he, to remember because he is a small business owner, because he does have a higher standing in the community than Reggie Lovewood, and we all know who Reggie Love is. You got to assume the cops know who he is too. I think he might. I think it might just be a blip on the radar for him. Like he had to, he had to cut a bitch, so to speak, mm-hmm. to lay the rules down for everybody else. Yeah, and I mean that might be interesting to see how the other pimps react going forward. If if it doesn't become a big deal, do they you know do they still eat there? Do they you know, does that change? I don't know. Is that, you know is, if, if pimps and, and hookers are your. Uh, uh, some of your main clientele, the shooting one, is that bad for business? I would assume it would be, but you know, if you get the, if you get the pimps out, you become the Korean place across the river, right? Maybe, or, or you know, or is it you know, this is his his cooking so good that it don't matter? It doesn't make a difference. That, that those eggs and that hash, man, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, forget yeah. about so it. So I, I mean, I'm glad they gave him something to do, but I, I just. Don't know if it was what I wanted. That maybe it's just because not that's not what I. I don't want to see him go away. Maybe and maybe no, I, don't I just see didn't him go away either. Yeah. So we had another a uh, whole other kind of uh, story arc this week too with the with the cops. Um, they've got a new commanding officer coming in. who seems a bit naive, uh, talking about kind of cleaning things up and doesn't seem to understand uh, what's going on right now. Uh, I think this guy is going to be in for a rude awakening himself because I think the problems in the New York city police department, uh, are above his pay grade. Uh, they run much deeper than he can handle. I think. Yeah. But he does want to, uh, do a ride along with, uh, Alston who is in a much better mood because Alston got laid. Finally, finally, all the, all that wooing and, 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 you know, giving info to, to, Sandra have finally paid off, and, and they go back and, and, and they get it on. That was a very uh, 70s approach to it as well. I, I don't know if you noticed that, but considering our current political climate, the fact that he just grabs her and kisses her and goes straight in, I wonder if on the Internet people had any backlash to that. I guess if you're watching know. this show, you don't have that kind of backlash, yeah, right? I, you know, that's a movie thing, too. Like, I don't know if that'll change. Like, like there's a lot of stuff in the movies that uh, doesn't work well in, in, in real life uh, would be like massive backlash. Like, like, the, like the naked just man. In, like, well, the naked man. Exactly. Love it. Love the how I met your mother reference. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a nice one. That's a nice, uh, you know, gold star for that one. Thank uh, you. Thank you very and much. Just in general, like any type of like romantic comedy or anything like almost all of them, you could almost consider sexual harassment and, uh, you know, uh, by what you know people today claim uh, is that sort of thing because they all the whole point is it's somebody trying to uh you know basically win the affection of somebody who's not interested in them and to do that they have to kind of go through these extraordinary means and while we watch it in movies and we accept it in movies or we even find it cute or romantic it seems like when that happens in real life uh People just uh, treat it a different way. So well, we, I'll, we don't, I'll, we don't I, all look like movie stars, though, right? Right. I'll, I, right. I'll, I'll chalk it up to just being, you know, that's how you tell in a movie because do we want we don't want a seven minute scene of of you know building it up or or, or, or having a lot of exposition or dialogue or anything else to just kind of get the visual they're going to get it on and, and 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 move on to something else in the story. 
it was good to see that it was reciprocated so quickly, and it was also good to see Austin get laid. Yeah, and really he was, was. definitely uh, uh, happy about that, as he tells uh, uh, Flanagan the next day. Uh, you know, I got laid, you know. <laughs> and then we see him get drafted to take his new CO around right. the block. Captain McDonough. Yeah. Right. And uh, McDonough talks about, you know, wanting to clean up, you know, the the department or clean up the precinct and, you know, ask him, are you a meat eater or a grass eater? You know, and the meat eater's days are done. Uh, but I just think that the captain is naive because the mob... Uh, Clearly uh, is in a is in deeper than the captain. He didn't get that memo that uh, everybody had been moved into the parlors, and I assume that Ralph Macchio's character, what's his name, Haddix. Uh, I assume that Haddix is in on it from the beginning because he's well, taking another cut. Off the top yeah. of the parlor. Right. He comes in. He, he is, uh, Haddix has just been detailed to the public morals unit, which I think was his newer, uh, uh, I think they did a show on TNT. I didn't watch it, but, uh, you know, about that. But he, he is now working for public morals. And the first thing he does is show that he has no morals uh, by going into the massage parlor and basically trying to shake Bobby down for another 200 a week. And, uh, yeah, this all the different. This, it's just funny how many people are, are seem to be getting a cut of of that mob business, and I wonder if that comes back to uh, bite anybody as well. I think I, we talked about that on last week's episode that didn't air because we we screwed, <laughs> we messed up. Uh, we talked a little bit about the idea of, uh, you know, that's the you're messing with the mob's money. All these cops coming in and 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 stuff. At the end of the day, it's. You know, because I can't imagine Bobby is making enough. I I don't know what Bobby's salary is. I guess I I need a better breakdown of the economics of it. But if he's paying five hundred to the fourteenth and two hundred to Haddocks and and they're paying the money to the pimps, you know, I don't know what you know. I can't imagine that his salary is enough that he's taking that on his own. And if he was, or if it was me, I would take it to the mob anyway and say, hey, I'm getting shaken down for seven hundred dollars a week out of the thousand dollars you're paying me. Right. You know, I thought we already had this. You know, like you know, this all of a sudden this is. This business isn't good for me. I don't know. I don't know how that works out in the end, but uh, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. I don't know. No, it's uh, it's one of those things that's left up in the air, and I don't think the math of it really makes a difference so much as all the angles that are coming at Bobby at one time. And I think it, it is, like you said earlier, a little bit too much for him to handle. He's way out of his depth. He's not built for this life. Right. Yeah. The game is. You know. Like there's. We we saw a number of people that. You know, are in the game, but they're not cut out for the game. You know, obviously the same thing with, you know, Bernice or or Ginger. Uh, you know, she is not cut out for this at all. And you know, Darlene even tells her, you know, I I I messed up. I shouldn't have brought you know shouldn't have brought you here. And you know, you should go home. I don't know if she will go home, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows whether or not she goes home? But we know that she is not ready for the life. I think her line was. And it was delivered very well, honestly. I felt some, some sympathy for her. Why do they keep trying to stick it in me? Oh, Right. That, that hurt. It hurt hearing. You know, because she, she came in not necessarily naive, but certainly not ready for prime time. Right. And, and they talk about her and Darlene have that scene in the diner where it talks about, uh, you know, with Darlene is you kind of reach a point where you don't, you know, even feel it anymore, so to speak, or don't, you know, it just like becomes, you're, you become numb to it. 
and she's asking, when is that going to happen for me? Because it hasn't. And, and, and Darlene's like, maybe it might not. You know, like it's it's different. Like it just happens. When it happens, it happens. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for Ginger. No, and we, we see again Thunder Ties, Thunder, Thunder Ties, Thunder Thighs mentioning that not everybody is built for that life. Not everybody right. can handle it. She seems to be the one character in our show that, first of all, we don't see a lot of her, period, but she's, um, she understands the game, I think, more than anybody else out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cut out for the game. I mean, and this is kind of a, you know, a parallel to, you know, we saw the same thing in The Wire. Of a number, uh, no, there's a number of people who just weren't cut out for the game, uh, whether it was uh, Ziggy in season two wanted to be in the game but wasn't cut out for the game or... or you know, D'Angelo or Wallace or some of these people that, you know, or, or, uh, you know, I mean, we always see these people that are in the game and they're not cut out for the, uh, for the game or, or a Weebase kid, uh, you know, name another and, one that name, name, and name, Price, name, yeah. name Bryce, you know, like that are in the game, but they're not, you know, and then there's other people that, you know, the game just pumps through their van, like Omar, or, you know, Michael, Michael or Chris Partlow or people that, you know, you know, Dookie not cut out for the, you know, game, not at and, all. you know, and, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, and I kind of we see the same thing. It's a different game, but there are, you know, some people that are, you know, all about it and other people that it's not it's not for them. It is hard to recognize Chris Partlow in Larry with that afro, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, um, it, I, I, I give uh, massive credit to, to Benga in that uh, I don't see Chris Partlow. Not at all. You know, I mean, I just see it as a different character. He's like really as as as, as played it as a different character and, and and become something different. And that's you know, hats off to him as an actor um, for for being able to pull that off. Because sometimes when you when you know a character as a in, from a certain thing, it's hard sometimes to kind of separate that that you know that's what they are. Um, and and he's done a wonderful job of you know becoming a, his own character in this and not somebody you know you don't look at him and see Chris Partlow at all. Agreed. So. Agreed. I mean, the same with a lot of the guys. I mean, the same with, with uh, uh, um, you know, Lawrence uh, and just Chris Alston. I don't look at him and see D'Angelo. You know, I see him as, as you know, a different character. And, and, and even with, with Amon Glover, I mean, I call him Slim. We call him Slim because, you know, we know him as that. But he's a different – he's not Slim Charles. He's, he's a different you – know, you know, and some of it's the look is different. But, you know, they all do a, a fantastic job uh, in, in this – in this thing so it, the only thing would have been kind of funnier or poetic or, or more uh, of a wire callback would have been instead of reggie love it would have been rodney that uh leon would have shot they got shot yeah that would have been fantastic because he shot it you he know shot yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah this sentimental motherfucker just cost us money <laughs> uh, yeah you know god i love Joe, that show but, yeah yeah uh, uh, off topic but did you happen to notice um did you see the the little making of featurette uh, afterwards, yes, you know we're talking about. So I did not realize that CC was British. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was like it, I, I don't know if you <laughs> did. We talk about it in that first episode. I we, think I it was our first episode that never that never made it out. But he was in Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, okay. You mentioned that. I guess I've never seen Downton Abbey, so uh, I guess it didn't. It just kind of the, the reference didn't really stick. But I all of a sudden when he talked in that behind the scenes feature, and I was like, oh. This guy's British. Tell me, old chap. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. sounds—he sounds nothing like his like you would expect yeah. after yeah. seeing so him. Hats in this off show. to him too, because I never, I never, you know, never would have expected him to to be British. 
he was actually featured in one season of Downton Abbey. It's it's not my favorite season, but it was it was pretty good. It was decent, it really was. So we right. wrap up Leon. We'll we'll see what happens with him next week. Hopefully, hopefully we see him again. I I don't want him to be gone. <laughs> oh, so one more episode, man. Yeah, one more episode. I I really wish we had three more. Honestly, right. The last episode is called "My Name Is Ruby," so we know it's about thunder thighs. Maybe is it? Is it? You know? Yeah, I, I wonder if that's. Uh, uh, and I, and I don't know that this is uh, accurate to go off of. But Anwan Glover is is listed in the in, in the cast list on IMDb for the episode, so we might at least get to see some type of resolution to his story whether it you know that means he's going to be around after the season who knows but yeah we'll, uh, we do we do we'll figure out what happens with him we'll get to see how that works out my name is ruby i did not notice that i did i guess i didn't look at the imdb page what yeah. the hell could that mean other than thunder thighs yeah I, well i mean i'm assuming that's what what it references but i don't know i guess we'll see you got a uh, you got any other thoughts on this one before we wrap up? Uh, you know, I'm kind of sad to you know see it ending so quickly. I'm you know and kind of getting into it every week. Uh, eight episodes, man. It's just like such a short short season. But yeah, it's, uh, other it's than not that, enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't know what's gonna. I don't know if we're gonna get a big finale, big big catastrophic life changing things happening to people, or we're just kind of kind of wrap it up small and uh, set up for. Uh, the next season, I guess I'm curious to see where they take it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm I'm truly kind of upset that we're only getting one more episode. I'd I'd really like this to go for at least another two, if not longer. Um, I feel like we we haven't had enough exposure to these characters, and I don't know how much you've read, but I've seen online in a couple of different places that our season two is going to focus on a later time period. So this might be the last time we see these characters or some of these yeah, characters. Yeah, I, I did hear that as well, and, and that may be the case. I'm sure that we'll, you know, I, I mean, really, like, it'll, if it does jump ahead, it, it'll it'll be, you know, probably we'll, the, we'll stay with the mob, we'll stay with Frankie and Vince if, if both of them live through this, uh, and probably see uh, Eileen being more established as a, a filmmaker. Uh, and... Maybe some of the other people will come around, but I, I think that we are going to get out of the pimp game and, and more into the movie game going forward is, is probably where they're taking it. The pimps have already become obsolete, so to speak, uh, as they talk about themselves, and I think that the, that's probably where the show is going, and we will get more into the, the mob's involvement in, in pornography. Yeah, we've reached the point of pimp obsolescence. I agree with that. Uh, but before we do completely lose them, do you have a pimp of the week? Well, I guess... Uh, you know, this week I I I I, I, I just go, uh, you know, Reggie Love, man. You know, he went out, you know, uh, uh, stuck to his guns, I guess, and uh, <laughs> it maybe didn't work out for him in the end. But uh, you know, I'll give him the credit for for you know staying staying true to who he thought he was. R.I.P. Reggie Love. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with CC because I think he's the one that really is understanding the way the game is going right now. He he sees a future, and in, in the fact that he is kind of useless in the way 
the the game is the the way it's set up at this point. He's he's no longer necessary. If he want, he can go watch Fantasia a couple of more times if he wants to. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Blew my mind, dude. <laughs> yeah, not only yeah. not only did he watch Fantasia, but he and uh, Rodney had the discussion Rodney, about how much they enjoyed it. The the dancing yeah. hippos. Yeah. Hey, you know, pimps are people too. Pimps are people too. Wow. Maybe, maybe on that note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can we can wrap it up. We, we will can wrap uh, it up. We will, we will be back next week. I promise we will be back next week, right, Thomas? Yes. Hey, I I, I have every intention of being back next week. As do I, my friend. As where, do where I. can where where can people uh, con- contact us we, uh, if they want to talk? As always, you can get us at uh, thirty and ten gmail dot com. Uh, also at 30 and 10 on Twitter. You can check me at J I I L on Twitter. Follow me for random musings and nonsense. And yeah, you can find me at angry Jimmy films. And again, I, I have no idea what type of stuff you might see on my Twitter, but, uh, uh, sometimes I get active on it. Sometimes I will live tweet some random sporting event or movie. And sometimes I won't be on it for weeks at a time, but uh, follow me and find out. You know what I wanted to ask you, man? How was how, how did your rewatch of Star Wars end? You know what? I only got through episode five, and then so I saw so I six six movies total, and then I just got caught up in work and some other stuff, and so I still got two movies to go, and I just haven't had a chance to to sit down and watch them yet. So so you ended uh, on, you ended it at Empire, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you still got Return of the Jedi, Jedi, and, and Force Awakens. Yeah. Force Awakens yeah. is a really good movie. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. So I got it. I'll get it in before the the new one comes out. That's still a couple months away. So uh, yeah, that's you know. December, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm so uh, so Saints Saints uh, Saints Bears this week playing playing in the dome. How do you feel about that, man? I, I like the Saints this week. Okay. Yeah. Me too. We've got a uh, well. The, the Bears have a, a rookie quarterback. We've got a defense that seems to be playing well. I'm not going to playing decent. Uh, they they still get gashed on the run uh, on the ground. Uh, like uh, they're always good for uh, uh, ga- letting some running back break off a big forty or fifty yard run every game. I got you know I'm, I'm big on Jordan Howard in uh, fantasy this week. Uh, yeah. You know, trying to make some money off of him because I'm sure the Saints will let up. But you know, one because the Bears are going to run it, run it, run. I think they only threw like four or six passes last week or some ridiculously low. Because like, well, they, they didn't need that? to. Because they scored two defensive touchdowns, and the the Panthers couldn't do Jack, and you know Cam Newton was bad. Cam Newton this week, and it's always impossible to see, you know, what what you're going to get from that guy. Although I think he's going to be, I don't know who they play next week, but the fact that he had another meltdown today with the media means he'll probably come out and be good Cam Newton this week because he seems to do that when he has a media meltdown. He comes out and plays well, and then plays bad. And I I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Cam Newton, so. Uh, I've got. I'm fine if they just keep losing, but <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a fan either, man. My my, my kid loves them. Uh, I've got a function to go to Sunday, so I'm going to be trying to watch the game on my phone instead of at my house where I belong. But yeah. you know, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, I'll I'll probably watch. Well, I mean, I don't get the Saints game here. I, I get you know the Rams and Chargers, so you know. But I I follow. I'll follow. I follow along all the games because I bet money on the you know the daily like the DraftKings and stuff like that and players. So I'm always like. You know, I, I can't. I can't. It's illegal. Oh, you guys can't do that? It's in, illegal in yeah. Louisiana. I wish it's I could. probably better. I, I play, saving yourself some money. I played three fantasy leagues anyway, dude. I would love to play daily fantasy, but I, yeah. I, I, I just can't. It refuses to I, I, 
I like it, but it's it's man, it's so random. Like it's you got it's almost like picking lotto numbers. Yeah, you know, with, with that because the way that it's set up is yeah, you can pick the you know the good players and you know the good players, but you always have to round out your team with two or three of these like guys that the guys who you don't even think about that all of a sudden have a big week, you know, that third wide receiver on a team that goes for, you know, five catches, a hundred yards and two touchdowns out of nowhere. Chris Hogan and like, or that's, Ted Ginn Jr. Right. Oh, right. Or Ted, well, or, uh, 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 not, not Ginn, uh, the other guy, Brandon Coleman. Right. Like Coleman, you need a, right. You it's like you need heard a, anything you, from Coleman all right. year and all of a sudden, boom. Oh, no, you, Right. You, you, you all of a sudden need that one week where Coleman gets 100 yards and two touchdowns, and he'll inevitably have a game, like, or a Willie Sneed, or somebody you're not expecting uh, to do well, to, to do well. And that's, you know, how, how you win money is, is guessing those guys, you know, figuring out where those guys are coming from. And so, so it, playing it's such the a random crapshoot. Yeah. It's, some of it's that, and some of it's just getting lucky. Like, it's always about finding that third or fourth wide receiver who's going to have a big game or the backup running back who all of a sudden is going to have a huge game because the starter is going to get knocked out. And like, it's, 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 it's relies so much on that, uh, that it's, it's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of, you know, uh, it's fun anyway. So let me, I let me it. give a yeah. shout out to the Harris football podcast. It's got me at five and two, whatever my record is. I appreciate nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm four and three. I've been trying to, you know, get through the season four and three on my, on my main team. And it's, uh, you know, I have no running backs, so it's it's very it's been tough to kind of. I mean, I have running backs, but no good. My like my best running back is Chris Thompson, who actually has been scoring like a like a top level running back. Right. But uh, you know, it was like I had the it was a twelve team league. I had the twelfth pick in the in the draft, and all the decent running backs went early. So I mean, I got like uh, AJ Green and Mike Thomas. Ooh, uh, as my nice. first two receivers, yeah. right? Which I got them. Both of them should have gone higher because the running backs went early. But then by the time my pick came back around again, you know, I mean, I'm looking at guys like Mike Gillisley and Bilal Powell and all these, you know, other, you know, I managed to pick up, you know, I got Chris Thompson and, and, and some other guys. Uh, but it's been uh, it's been rough with with the running back crew that I have. So and I got Tyreek Hill. As a third wide receiver, Keenan Allen. I'm stacked at wide receiver, but yeah, you are. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I got I'm up four and three now, so you know we're trying to get. You know, I'm right on the the edge of the playoff thing. Like I, uh, so yeah, I need to you know win a couple more in a row and and, and kind of solidify my spot. But we still got we, we save that got, for we still got five or six games left to uh, make yeah. sure we make the playoffs. Right. Right. So anyway, I guess uh, we can save that for the fantasy football podcast. Right. That'll be uh, that'll be sometime next month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Whenever our right. schedules well, permit. I, I think that that uh, that kind of wraps us up for this week. Yeah. I'm Thomas so. in L.A. And I am Jim right here. In Nola. Thanks for uh, joining us on 30 and 10. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. This is a pod house. Production. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I say it like that.